spooky friends. I'm John, your host, and welcome to another episode of Dairyland Frights, the paranormal podcast that covers everything spooky, creepy, and mysterious in the Midwest. But we have a new thing we're going to be doing. We're going to do a little true crime today. We're going to have a little fun with that. And the great guests continue um, on the podcast today uh, from Hot Garbage. Is that correct? The true crime podcast. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I have Nisha and and Buddha. So welcome. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited. Yeah, we're excited to be here, man. This is awesome. Awesome. Yeah. This is this is great because this is kind of a little different from what I normally do, but we'll still talk about the paranormal and everything. Okay. So it's all good. You Speaking know, we'll still throw that in there. It's about to get double uh, real. <laughs> <laughs> It's about to be the death and it's in the follow-up. <laughs> yeah. I don't even have to think about that. It's the death and the follow-up. <laughs> so we're complete. Yeah. We complete each other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That is a great Buddha, great, a great answer. So I want you guys to tell me a little bit about yourself and your podcast and what you guys do so my spooky friends can check you out. Oh, wonderful. Well, we're the host of the Hot Garden True Crime Edition, and we like to keep our podcast live. Like, we talk about different true crime cases, but Buddha here has never heard it because I'm the junkie, and he's along for the ride, and he makes it so funny. Like, I don't think you're supposed to laugh at death, but that's what we do, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, originated from us being co-workers and uh, just, be, just being insanely uh, responsive to each other's comments and stories. Mm-hmm. So we felt like it fit. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been friends for 10 years now. Almost yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Nice. I love that because I've listened to you guys and I love the camaraderie and the back and forth. It's awesome. Thank you. It's absolutely awesome. So, yeah, please check them out. You guys will not regret it. It's awesome. Uh, one of the biggest things, too, is like, what interested you in doing this? Like, why did you be like, hey, you know, Buddha, let's do this? You know, what's up? I wanted to do a podcast and I listened to a lot of true crime podcasts, like so many, I can't even name them all. And I was like, I want to have a podcast because I'm so knowledgeable about cases. And originally we had a hot garbage that was on Facebook live, but it wasn't true crime. It was just news. And I was hmm. like, everybody loves true crime. So we had a transition and we've been doing this and having way better success with true crime. Right. It's like the second niche that we had had on it. And let me tell you the truth. She thought it would actually be funny, and that's how I kind of like spawned it being a good idea. And the fact that she <laughs> loves true crime, mm-hmm. and I absolutely do not. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so she just thought it was kind of <laughs> awesome to just have somebody who's like not an advocate, but a true friend who's just listening because they're going to and suffer through it. But, you know, it's, but it just became that awesome dynamic yeah. of just it, it, listening to stories yeah. that you probably wouldn't listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely has. You guys are like peanut butter and jelly, okay? That's the best way I can describe it, if that makes sense. <laughs> it fits together. Once they come together, you can't take them apart. Yeah. 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 Who, who doesn't like a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Come on. Oh, that's, that's the um, yeah. So, <laughs> so tell me about a little bit more about your podcast, too. Like, what do you guys like to cover? I mean, bigger cases, smaller cases. We, what do you guys like to cover? So we cover a little bit of everything. I kind of sprinkle the bigger cases out. So I, cause I like to cover lesser known cases as well. Yeah. I encourage the lesser known. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tell us to go after the small, nobody. I didn't know maybe in 1959, somebody did a crazy murder and you didn't expect that to happen. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And then we do the listener request too. Cause a lot of our right. listeners will send stuff that they want to hear. So I sprinkle those out yeah, too. They, they, they're the yeah. ones. They be sending some stuff in I had never heard of before. And I was like, oh my gosh, how do I not know yeah. this? And then I, I researched it. And it's just those, I think those ones do be the best ones. Yeah. So tell me about that. Tell me about a, like a, a an email or a text or whatever you guys get of someone sending you like a serial killer or a true crime where you went, damn. What was that? <laughs> yeah. So it was definitely, um, someone reached out to me, uh, shout out to Toy, because I'll never forget this case. And she reached out to me on Instagram and she had the, um, well, so it was Toy. So she had the, um, gosh, I blanked out. What was that case that we, oh, it was the Heather Saul case, which I had never heard mm. of that one before. Because the one I was going to cover, whether it was mm. a survivor, was the, um, 
gosh, what was that? The Ariel Castro one, I think. And then I was, I looked at that and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this one. And I was mm -hmm. like, this is amazing because I had never literally heard of that one. Yeah, what was that one about? Can you refresh my memory, Nietzsche? Yeah, yeah, so that one was a guy that hires a sex worker. He comes to her house. He tries to, I don't know what he was trying to do. He was trying to either rape her, kill her, kidnap her. I don't know, because he was so goofy. We don't even know what the hell, because he ends up getting killed with his own gun. So after, yeah. after and she kills him, mind you, it's the first time she ever shot a gun before. So he didn't know what he was doing because he handcuffed her. He tried to strangle her. But the whole time he had a gun in his pocket. So it's like, why didn't you start with that? Like he literally knew what, didn't know what he was doing. And so now he's he had a TV show page. That's what I call that. Was it? Yeah, something. You know, you saw it pull on the movie. Yeah. And, you know, um, Batman did it in the movie American Psycho. Like, I can do that too. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Looking good at the same time as killing people. All right. Maybe, yeah, that's what it was because <laughs> after they caught him up, they tried to link him to a whole bunch of sex workers that had been killed in the area. And after diving into it, I was like, there's no way he did these. He couldn't even do this one. They said, yeah. I think it was like 15 other women he killed. I was like, no, he didn't. There's no way. Yeah. But yeah. That was right. Good. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let me ask you uh, either one. I know, uh, Buddha, you're not true interested in try true crime, but let me ask you this first. I'll, I'll ask Nisha first. Do you have a favorite true crime story that you've heard so far that you like, hey, you know, this is one of my favorites I've heard? Yes, I actually have my top three are Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, and then mm. for my girl Eileen Warnos, which we'll be covering that one soon. Oh, yeah. So... Let me ask you why. What? Why do you? Why does that interest you? So the Jeffrey Dahmer case always interested me because he was just the nerd next door. Like I mean, if you look at this guy, he was such a nerd, and he got away with so much. And you know, I was like, there was so much like clues, and he really didn't do a lot to try to hide it. I mean, he was keeping the bodies mm -hmm. in some of his apartment, and he just always, you know, um, wiggled his way out of law enforcement. And I was like, his thinking was just so methodical. And, you know, you kind of never knew, like, where his mind was. So I've always been interested in that. Yeah, yeah. B Buddha, let me ask you this. Do you ever hear these true crimes and go, what an idiot? <laughs> like, I wouldn't say, ever hit you? Yeah, I would say, you know, maybe some of the people that didn't get a, the getaway, sometimes it sounds like a true horror story. Mm -hmm. um, the yeah, one yeah. like the most of the horror stories was uh, the one that you told me about the, the guy who that was living in the band that got off the grid and he had to travel a train to get fly, like, yeah. fly a plane to even get out of there. Louis Hastings. Yeah. 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 But yes, yeah. That was to me. That's the most memorable one. Like, oh my god, this is, everybody in there was idiots to me. Yeah. But I was like, you guys are all about to die. Because we like, you knew that. Yeah. Why do you even live there? Remember we asked the town had twenty five people. Like, yeah. like when I when we were told when you described the town, I was like, and everyone's gonna die. <laughs> that is how it is. That's exactly what he said. It happened. Exactly. I never heard of this word before. I called him. Yeah. Yeah. Called it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Nisha, I'll start with you again. If you were abducted, now let's not, please, let's not this have this happen to you. Okay. But if you were abducted by a serial killer, which serial killer would you want to be abduct abducted by? You know, know. Who, 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 would, who would be your favorite? Who would be abducted? For me, it would be Dahmer, like hands down, because he yeah. never killed someone. Really? Yeah, he never kills a woman, so I feel like if he kidnapped me, He'd I don't know, we would end up being friends. I would, mm -hmm. I, we ought to be safe. I don't even know what he was, but I feel like I'll have the best chance with him. You'd be his gay friend. Fun? That'd be that'd be you know the queer eye for a straight guy. That'd be your friend. He just happens to kill those guys at the end of the day. Oh yeah, yeah. He'll tell you about his dates, and you know he eats their butts. Yeah, yeah. We'd be yeah. like friends. But you know what he kept in the fridge, right? He kept yeah. skulls and other things. What if you're like going to the fridge, you're watching a movie with them, and you're like, hey, Jeffrey, you want something? Oh, yeah, sure. I'll, you open the fridge. I mean, come oh, on. See, that would be so hard because I would try hard not to throw him because I know with, with Dahmer, he was somebody you couldn't act like he was tripping about it. Well, that, and you already actually don't eat other people's food. Oh, yeah, I don't eat other so people's food. So you really don't go to other people's at people places and ask for food. Usually it's ask for oh, food, no matter who it is. Yeah. So okay. that relationship would not be yeah. tainted. Yeah. You just wouldn't go in his fridge. Yeah. That's so true. I never thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good. 
that's a good yeah you wouldn't be like taking his last beer nope. you know what i mean yeah. you know that right right uh buddha i know let me ask you who would you like to be abducted by is there anybody uh, any general I did because oh, oh, he seems like he treats his victim he got a bromance what's up <laughs> I said he decapitated I think one or two people but that's okay and he's nice to your hands that's the thing. Is he going to take care of me right. even after my death? He's going to make love to me. Yeah. You know, he's still going to take me out and bring food. Yeah. And whether I eat it or not, he's not asking whether I eat it. He's just bringing it to me because he's a good guy. Yeah. And he knows that you take care yeah, of the sure. if you love it. Yeah. And shampoo's yeah. my hair. Yeah. Right? And shampoo's my hair. Yeah. Oh my God. He can take care of my hair better than I take care of my own hair. Ah. So, yes. Yes. I love it. I, I love it. You guys turn into, I tell you what, you guys have turned me around. I want to be abducted now because it sounds like fun. It sounds like you get the right one. Yeah. Now, if you get abducted by the wrong one, you know, that's the last time you get it. You know, it's a one time thing. Well, who would you want to be abducted by? I was going to get to that. I don't think you guys have done this one yet. Maybe I missed it because uh, I didn't listen to all your episodes, but I listened to a lot. Uh, do you ever hear about the toy box killer, David Parker Ray? Oh my gosh, yes. I No, but is that the guy that did Chucky? Is he the guy? No. no. <laughs> this guy was about right. Oh my gosh. Like, he's on our list. So, but I don't know. Was it because, like, he had, like, uh, what do you call it, gynecology equipment up in there? Like, he tortured his victims. Oh my God. Correct. So, what he did, so you have you guys seen Saw? You've seen Saul, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Kind of the same. Kind of the same thing. What he would do. He's mostly women again, so I'd be okay. But what he would do is bring these women into his trailer, and then he would play these tapes to tell them what he's going to do to them next. Mm-hmm. So what he so he would take these young women, strap them down to a bed, strap them down to a uh, dentist chair, <laughs> like. Yeah, it's already a bad name. Um, and then he'd play a tape, and the tape would be like, I'm going to sodomize you with a baseball bat, or I'm going to cut your fingers off and make you eat them. You know, like, like twisted shit like that, right? So as a victim, you would hear that, and then here he would come with the hacksaw, and then also he had a female uh, apprentice, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of a bad word. And she like would find the girls, right? Most of them sex workers or runaways, but she would find the girls and tell them, hey, you know, me and my boyfriend want to have some kinky sex and we'll pay yeah. you 50 bucks or whatever, right? And they'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she would knock them out. They would drug these young women, knock them out, and then tie them up. And then he would play these tapes. Mm. And, and, you know, so they would have to listen to these tapes damn. of what he's going to do to them. That's yeah. Cool. yeah that's so, cool. like, damn. That's just, to me, is just, like, scary, right? Because you you yeah. don't see the, you don't see him, and then you listen to a tape, and he shows up with, with a, a baseball bat or mm-hmm. whatever, right? Yeah. And he does that thing to you. Oh my God. It's like, hey, you would want to get kidnapped by him? No. Well, yes, I would because I think I could have fun with him and be like, you know, I don't like that cut. You know, that, yeah. that tape you did, let's redo that again because I'm not buying the whole sodomizing with a bat. That's <laughs> And basically, do not ever throw you a surprise party. You are not the one. Plan it all out with him and. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, like David. Let's both yeah. of them. Let's, let's see eye to eye. All right. Bat, the baseball bat without the loop? Not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> I love that. Let me go get some KY and let's let's think this through. All right. right? Um, but he, he it's crazy. Me look me in the eye and let me feel. <laughs> let me feel your intensity. Oh, this is look at me. Hey, you know, play some romantic music before. What are we doing here? Come on. Uh, 
<laughs> but anyway, uh, check him out. The tapes, I think you can get off of YouTube or somewhere. Um, uh, I think they released the tapes. But yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm not really, yeah, I'm not really sure. But he's a little-known serial killer. He killed about 15, I want to say. And he was eventually caught because someone escaped. A woman escaped, said, hey, this is the guy. Uh, even the police didn't believe her, though. Uh, she was a sex worker, and she escaped, and she said, this guy did this and this and this. And the police were like, uh-huh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then finally, finally, they were like, wait a minute. <laughs> I've heard this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we just they were just checking it out they were literally just going in there just to talk to them yeah yeah this happens yeah. a lot with the sex workers it's, well, it's conflict of interest yeah mm-hmm. and sometimes yeah. sex workers don't yeah. really go say that because they're scared they're going to get arrested well no you know yeah. they're the number one customers so yeah. Yeah. Well, like this time are you saying something against me Susan? you cut it out oh hell to the dog <laughs> oh. so I want to ask you guys, though, I know we're true crime and everything, kind of focusing on that today, but do you have any paranormal stories at all? Any ghost stories? Anything yeah. spooky? Anything to share? Maybe you experienced? I spooky, but I have had a number of paranormal interactions in my life, actually. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. Um, yeah. The one that is the most memorable, and I feel like I still do have it as a star representation of maybe the truth. Uh, when I was younger there was a cat that used to always, and I was in the South, I actually grew up in the Midwestern states, and there was a cat that I would see, but only during a certain time of, of almost the night. It would be like the twilight towards night, and there was a cat that was always running across the street, and it was this white cat, mm-hmm. and I remember trying to, and I could never catch the cat. And I remember one night I was staying out late enough so I could catch up to it because I always would see it would go between these two houses. So I stayed up one night and I made sure I could try and catch this cat. Once it got into the, once we both got into the alleyway, it was kind of opaque looking and it turned around and it didn't, I wouldn't say it had red eyes, but it had eyes that I couldn't see. It was like I could see through its face. Oh, hell no. Oh. Swiped at me oh. and my knee hurt. It swiped at me mm. like it was scratching me. And my knee hurt, but I never bled. But I had, to this day, I have a scar on me. Oh, my God. So was it a deep cut to where you should have bled? Or was it very... It just it has a scar. Like, I should have been, I should have oh, been injured crazy. a long time ago. When I was a kid, it went all the way across my knee. And like a like a progressive mm. scar, it has gotten smaller. So now it's on the inside of my crazy. knee. And after that, what happened to the cat? Did it just disappear? I stopped trying to chase that thing. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my warning. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was like, yeah, get away, dude. You know, go away. That's I, yeah, that's kind of scary. How old were you? Do you remember how old you were? Uh, seven or eight years old. Oh my god! So you were so little. Um, oh my yeah, god! So, so you were little. This is true. It's mostly the white cat is good luck. So I wonder if you are gonna have good luck now because the black cat is like bad luck, which I don't believe in that no more. Like I'm completely not. Why does it gotta be the white I don't know. I, and I just found out that the white cat's supposed to be good luck because growing up, I always that everybody always says the black cat's what? bad luck and stuff. So I'm like, okay, they're cats. Mm-hmm. They're so cute. Like, I feel bad for how everybody mm-hmm. is treating them. So I start doing my own research. And yeah, they say supposedly the white cat is a sign of good luck. Well, maybe I was supposed to get scratched then. You know, give me that scratch on down. I would there do you it. go. Not hell. I would not do it again. It was, like I said, it was, it was also kind of terrifying. But at the same time, I, oh, like I, I bet. scratched, but I didn't believe. And I had a scar on my leg. Like, I got yeah. scratched. I would have died. Yeah. At eight years you old. Yeah, that would be really scary. Well, I've told Man, some that's crazy. <laughs> what was that? No, I said, I'm, I'm sorry. Attack, yeah. That's so scary. So she was lying. She was just All right. So, guys, let's get right into it, shall we? Awesome. I'm going to do a little teaser. I'm going to do a little teaser for you. And then uh, we will talk about these serial killers who were born in my home state. Well, no, Dahmer was born in Ohio. He moved to Milwaukee when he was older. But anyway, <clears throat> here we go. Ready? Yeah. So I have two personal stories, Buddha and Nisha, about two of the most infamous serial killers. One killer has affected the world so greatly through movies, books, documentaries, including two of the most famous movies ever made. These movies changed the horror movie genre 
and the legacy of horror forever. The other serial killer is almost as famous and still lives on in books, movies, media, years after his death, including a recent Netflix series. And both are from my home state, Wisconsin. So they are ready for this. Ready for? Are you ready? I'm ready. Ed Gein and Jeffrey Dahmer. And um, so the two movies, you're like, two movies. Let me think here. Can you guys guess Ed Gein influenced two movies? Yes. Famous movies. was the first one. Yep. What was the other one? I don't know what the, the second one. Death becomes her. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Buddha. That's exactly right. Uh, it was actually three movies. It was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Psycho, and Silence of the Lambs. Oh. So, Those yeah. Are some good ones. yeah. So, I'm going to get. So this is some interesting facts. Before we get to my story, I wanted to share some interesting facts. And you guys just chime in wherever you want. So Ed Gein was known as the Butcher of Plainfield. By the way, Plainfield, Wisconsin, from me, guys, is about an hour and a half away. So I can go there anytime I want. And I'm going to go one of these days. Uh, Here's some interesting facts that people don't know. He was not a cannibal. Uh, people think he was a cannibal. That was never. That has been never proven. Um, they did find a. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I think he would. Just, he would just make clothes out of people, like coffee cups, and make skin. He would wear their skin. I don't need that. I swear, oh. he, he would eat them. He's just the god of wars. Yeah. Yeah. So they found a what they thought a human heart in his frying pan. It was actually a deer's heart. I don't know why he was eating a, a deer's heart, but well, whatever. Um, <laughs> um, by the way, there are only two murders to his name. So there's only two people he officially killed. And that was a young lady in a hardware store and another woman. Um, but other than that, he was a grave digger. I don't know. Are you guys from? Do you guys know that that he basically yeah, dug he up grave? Because that's how he would get the skin to wear to be able to wear and make things up. Correct. About this type of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're scared. So speak. Mm. So I want you guys to put yourself in this position. Imagine yourself. You're driving in your car on the way home together from some event or whatever. It doesn't matter. And you look out at a cemetery and you see a man dancing with a woman's face attached to his head, woman's breast, and her vagina all attached to his body, dancing in the moonlight. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm looking at it. I'm on that gas so hard. I hope I have enough gas. And I'm looking at it. I didn't stop until I get to the next town. Right. And I want some real stuff. He cannot approach me. I think it was his young jock. Because you would hear that, because it's going down. Meet me in the club. It's going down. It's, that's what's going to happen. This is life or death. I'm acting like I am on Night of the Living Dead. I'm taking him down like he's a zombie. Hands are coming off. Because he used to do that quite frequently. He would dance around the graveyard with women's body parts attached to him. Usually by fishing line. So you take... Honestly, I feel like I would help the body. I would run him over. I just helped everybody, you guys. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) And thank you, society. I feel like I would get get a superhero badge. The Punisher, call me Deadpool. Give me a name. Give me a name, too, after that. I just help society. So here's a couple quick facts to let you guys know. If you go to Plainfield, his gravestone is not there anymore. And the reason why is because people would chip off parts of his gravestone and sell it on eBay. So his gravestone, Ed Gein's gravestone, (laughs) Ed Gein's gravestone is in Plainfield City Hall, locked up. So they took it away because people were taking part of his gravestone and selling uh, bits of it on eBay. So there you go. (laughs) 
I didn't even know about that. That's negative. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like you have so, you have so much bad luck. Buddha, you hit on it because people who say they bought that part that those it's a granite, right? So it's those uh, rocks or whatever you want to call them. They feel like like somebody's watching them in their house. They they've had bad luck happen to them. And now people who said who have that part of Ed Gein's gravestone have just gone to a lake and tossed it. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, it is a yeah. law of science. Actually, I, it is, I think Einstein said it that energy cannot be destroyed, only transferred from one place to the next. Correct. So if you are not a believer of energy, you're not a believer of quantum physics. Just stop believing anything logic then. Because energy yeah. is there. And when you bring that energy into your house, hmm, fine with you, man. <laughs> no, no kidding. That's crazy. So the other thing, this will blow both of your minds because I know people who, who have had this ha- happen. He used to babysit people's kids. Yeah, so he, people loved him as a babysitter. Like, wow. people in the town of Plainfield would hire him all the time. They loved him. The kids and loved him. Does the story end at the end of the day, his real name was Bozo the Clown? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's where he went. Now you figured it out. <laughs> Buddha, you're a genius. I, I, I saw it coming. I see that coming, too. Because that's wild. It's fun. <laughs> Ooh, so here's another here's another fact to blow your mind. So I talked to well, I have a friend of a friend who they now uh, told me they were babysat by Ed Gein. Like, and here's this ain't the truth. This ain't the story. The story. The other stories love it. So they were babysat by Ed Gein the night before. Before they found his house and all his lampshades made out of human skin and his couches yeah. made out of human skin the night before. Think about that. That's, That's crazy. crazy. <laughs> if I was a parent, what would you be thinking if you were a parent and your dad, she had just been in church sitting your kid and then that I mean, was he a good babysitter though? Like, yeah, he was. He was an excellent babysitter. I excellent. mean, so, hey, his personal preference in the house, he never skinned my child. No. Yeah. Is what I would say there. Like, don't don't use me as a critic for, for the judge against him. Because <laughs> I'd be an advocate. Be like, hey, man, I don't know what he wore. I mean, that's like saying if he wore, you know, something from Goodwill or Prada. I'm not judging you on the stuff that's on your <laughs> curtains. What I am judging him on is how you treat my kid. They never had a problem. <laughs> So, as that parent, I would not be a good advocate for it. I mean, but it, it, it's an insane hell yeah. Oh my gosh, you might even be a character witness on this trial. Like, you always going to need to feel one or two things. Either I'm very special, or he was casing me to skin me too. And he, that way, I have some really good skin. I almost feel like it could have been. Like, I asked him, like, could I be a couch? Are you telling me? Are you jacket? I look good you around the <laughs> You could be a lazy boy. You never know, right? Like, um, it could definitely be woman's leather accessories. I could definitely be a woman's leather oh, accessory. All on her skin. You like Prada? Fitting. Yeah. Mm. Where are you as a parent? I think myself. I would take that. I would take that. I'm going to see. Now, come on. Let's do that. Brand, the Buddha purse, you just don't get it. Everybody will rock the Buddha. Uh-oh, girl. Oh no! Get me in on this. I want to be on the ground floor of this investment opportunity. Because of the good skin, I feel complimented. Like, yes, my skin is that nice. Uh, what, what do you think I would be like? If, if he jumped me up, like, what would I be? You definitely can go into the bracelets and the Bohemian necklace, yeah. like that. That kind of yeah, look. Sure. Yeah. I can see you on yeah. the next Conan movie. Oh my gosh. When mm. nothing but Nisha skin, ah. and like mm. especially the tar mm. that goes over the woman's drape, oh, like on Tarzan, that, that's oh, you. Oh yeah, you sure, sure. Draping across, yeah. The neck on the shoulder. Oh yeah. yeah that's like extra cleavage. That's that's that is Nisha. I'm like, what are you wearing? Yeah. Nisha. 
Yeah. Sheiks I got a purse by Buddha and I'm wearing Nisha. I love that. Get me right. in on that opportunity. It's powerful. <laughs> so one other thing before I get to the story, which I think is really interesting. So there was a guy that bought uh, Ed Gein's house and he was going to turn it into a, a museum. Okay. And I was like, ah, I don't know if that's such a great idea. Anyway, uh, the next week, the house burned down mysteriously. Oh, wow. And where his house is now, is just, I don't know, basically a regular field. There's nothing special about it. But if you, which I'm going to do, by the way, I'm going to do a live show from it. If you're on his property, people have said they have felt three things. Nauseous, like, like man, if you were really sick. Oh. Also, they've felt like shadows. They've seen shadows out of the corner. There's like shadow people out of the corner of their eyes. And they, if they're a woman, they feel like someone touching them, like oh. someone grabbing their arm or like touching their back. Um, so most people just book it, <laughs> just yeah. get the hell out of there. So I'm going yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go down there. Um, I don't know when I'll do that. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna pitch your idea, Buddha and Nisha. <laughs> See yeah. what happens. Don't do it. <laughs> any advice, if I can give you any advice to take, is don't take advice from me. Ah, right on. <laughs> so let's get right to the story, shall we? Uh, unless there's anything you guys wanted to add. Anything you guys want to add before I get to the story? No, this is interesting. The only thing I'm going to add is I feel like my hair looks lopsided. Like right, like right here. But we're just going to run. Is that because of head I think yeah, it could I think be. Ed could have done it. Yeah, Ed could have done it. I could see him doing that. He was a yeah. really great hair guy. We're already in, already in touch with what I so, so here's my story. It's actually a story given to me about um, my mom's friend was the head nurse at uh, Madison Mental Institution, or at that time was caught in asylum. So like. She was. She saw the worst of the worst, right? But she was in charge of one Ed Gein, okay? So what she would do, uh, would go into Ed's room by herself, okay? Now, Ed was in his 70s at this time, so, like, okay. Um, I don't know what the hell he's going to do, but you never know. So this is what would happen. So I'm going to call her Mary for lack of a, a better name. Basically. So Mary would go in there every day and give his medication. And if Ed liked you, he would smile at you. He'd give this creepy smile. Okay. And if Ed didn't like you, he would stare at you like a predator stares at his prey. I mean, he just cold stare at you and he wouldn't say anything. So, my friend Mary didn't take his shit, okay? Because she, she's like, she would come in there when Ed would be in a bad mood and be like, Ed, you, you need to calm down and, you, you, you know, stop looking at me like that. And he would like, okay, you know, kind of back up, you know, because like I said, she didn't take anything. So one of the things she would do too is when he'd have his little outbursts. So sometimes Ed would say weird things that she did not tell me what she said, but something to the effect of, I'm going to wear you as a shirt, basically. Mm. <laughs> so he would say things like that before he got on his medication. So she would go in there and she would calm him down and stuff. And she was just used to it. Now, the other nurses never wanted to go in there and they never went in alone. So the younger nurses, they would always go in two at a time always. They, you couldn't pay them enough to go in one, one at a time. So, here we go. <laughs> so, one day, Mary was called away on business. And so, she walked away, and what the nurses like to do is kind of hazing, for lack of a better word, and they had a new nurse. So, they always send the new nurses into Ed Dean's room without telling them who he is. Right? So, they so, right? So, they went... <laughs> <laughs> so imagine that you're a new nurse 
you don't know who this guy is, okay? And you're sent in there alone with him, okay? So this is exactly what happened. The new nurse went in there, and my friend Mary gets back, and she's like, hey, where's Sally? And the new nurses are like, we put her in Ed Gein's room. And my Mary just freaked out. She's like, oh, my God. You, you know, it, I guess at that time, Ed was having his spells about talking about wearing you as a shirt, putting you as a lampshade, you know, stuff like that. Like, I'm gonna, she was back. He was getting back. So <laughs> they're all freaking out, right? And, and Mary's about to go into the room to get her out of there. And she, before she goes in there, she says, hey, how long is she being in there? And they're like, well, I don't know, about like 20 minutes. So she's like, 20 mm. minutes? What? And no one's checked on her, right? Mm. So here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. So the young nurse comes out, and she's smiling, and she's in a good mood. And everybody's like, uh, you know, she has all her skin. <laughs> and she's in a, yeah, she's in a good mood and everything. And, and. Mary goes, hey, Sally, you know, you okay? You know, anything, we, you know, what, what's going on? And she's like, this is my favorite line. He reminds me of my grandpa. Oh, <laughs> that what? what? That is how you do it. <laughs> that is almost on some opera level. Like, me, me, me. is how... Thou is doing. Oh my god, I was like, I was not expecting that. Like, what? Your grandma also, your granddad was a killer and where her skin? Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. The thing is, you guys, and I'm sorry to interrupt that, but I am no, a person who had a crazy great grandma as well as I can take that negativity. You know, I was, you know, a product coming from the 80s. And I can see the harshness, but I can see the trueness of the heart, if you really mean well, where this person can really be like crazy and cussing you out. And they really mean well. And I can see past that because I've had that. I honestly did. I had my great grandma was crazy. And I mean, like, we found out later on dementia, but we thought she had it together for a number of years and she said it too. But the point is, is that sometimes man these these wild people that say you know like get out of here i never want that the person that really said like okay yeah all right you so so i'm not gonna spell that i'm not gonna touch it fine and put that down get over here you mean old bastard you know you just talk to them <laughs> like that and it's just how like life is you know <laughs> like <laughs> and they are though they're actually good people just grouchy oh and I, i'm not gonna lie I have a soft spot for grouchy old ass man like I do, man. Like, like if you are the, one of those mean ass, like this fucking thing, my lawnmower fucking broke all the fucking time. I'm like, this is my guy. Like, hey, what's up, man? Like, like that guy who's like 70 years old and mad all the time. That's my almost my best friend. A lot of time, my neighbor. I told you, my neighbor oh, that did real estate and retired from it. Love that man. Oh my gosh. Love that man. Oh, yeah, that gets on my nerves. I don't like call himself Dick, and I was like, you know that everybody's just calling you a dick, and he was like. You being funny? Yeah, he's, he's, he looked kind of like John Wayne. He's just like, think you're funny, ass? I'll kick your fucking ass. I was like, all right, bro, all right. You know, he's brought a motorcycle and stuff. Like, he's a whole Republican, too. But it was just funny, and I loved it. Like, some people can understand yeah. it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, that is awesome. Uh, yeah, I love that, too, where old guys are just like, all right, back in my day, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, yeah, we get it. <laughs> Right, <laughs> um, right, uh, but here's the thing: she, uh, Sally, did not have any idea who he was. Never, didn't have no clue who he was. Right, because how could she? Right. So here's so Mary brought her aside and explained to Sally who exactly Ed Gein is. Um, according to Mary, <laughs> uh, she Sally immediately turned pale dropped her tray of pills or whatever she was carrying and quit. Just quit. I know. But Mary, Mary, Mary told my mom, and you know, basically I had to, you know, I can't keep that from her, which yeah. that's my question to both of you. Nisha, I'll start with you. 
You're the head nurse. Do you tell your nurses who Ed Gein is? No, not at all. I mean, because they didn't know nothing's going to happen. I, I don't Ooh. think. No, I tell every other nurse. I tell every damn nurse. Now, she should have been told. Don't get this wrong. Yeah. Been told. You think she should have been told? Oh, God. I thought you said she shouldn't tell her. No, like, once she oh, went in there and it already happened in the interaction, oh, you're talking about before, then that I can't tell. Yeah, because she was mm. already comfortable. So I was like, man, I wouldn't have confessed that to her. And I feel like the person that was explained it best would have been the person that was there working with them. So it makes kind of explain the best, maybe even gradually, just understand what's going on with this guy. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, honestly I'm, I'm taking the time. Sorry, I jumped in on her answer. Oh, no, you're fine. This, this is women's rights right here. Look at me. Right. I'm horrible. If I was, if I was feeling good, I would beat your ass. Okay, good. All right. I'm saying. Don't, so don't wonder woman way. Okay. <laughs> so, but in truth, uh, I work with a lot of people that have mental disabilities and the mis- mental problems. Have family members that do too, and it's a good amount of misunderstanding. And mm. some people's personalities can see past it. And it's okay to not have that as an understanding in mind. It's, 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 it even says it in the Bible, like, know what you can understand and can change and know what you cannot. Mm-hmm. And the difference to know between the two. That is true wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. if you cannot handle that, you're just a person that can't handle that. Mm-hmm. Some people can't handle blood. They're faint. Yeah. It's something yeah. of the personality. So sometimes... Yeah. If they saw this and could see him beyond that, let her have that in a moment. Definitely inform her, as I said, from from that perspective, from him, mm-hmm. and see if yeah. she can handle it in pieces. Just so you can see if you can handle that man and as who he is. But yeah. I think yeah. she was having a, a, a out of mind experience. Like sometimes when you step out of you, which is your comfort zone. And who you know you are, it's mm-hmm. you. You step so far beyond and, and being so unaware, which I felt she did, that mm-hmm. it scared her. But she is that person, mm-hmm. and she can do that. But she just did not know how deep she went into the pool. Mm-hmm. You know, if you tell a kid yeah. that he can swim in yeah. two feet, and I tell my kid that all the time, you can swim in two feet, you can swim in two hundred feet. So if you trick your kid into swimming in two feet, and they take going to the deep end and come back, don't terrify mm-hmm. them by telling them that that was deep end. You know, let them believe like it was all just two feet. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Sure. Now, one of the things I wanted to know was what did they talk about? Like, you see, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what would they talk about? So, Mary has a bunch of great stories, by the way. I'm going to talk some more stories down the because, like I said, she was the head nurse of an asylum. So, mm-hmm. she saw the really strange stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff that she told me, stuff that she said, oh, honey, I will never oh, tell yeah. you everything because some of it is just too graphic. It's just too graphic, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But she told me that it was a conversation that Ed Gein talked about babysitting, that he missed babysitting. Wow. That he missed the kid, and then he missed babysitting, and, you know, he wished she would have... He, he was talking about he wished he, the kids would come and see him. And yeah, that's what it was about. <laughs> Just talking about kids. He really missed babysitting. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 So it was, yeah, yeah. It wasn't about, he, he wasn't about a negativity. It wasn't about anything. Yeah. It was about him babysitting. And I found that super interesting. I don't know about you guys. Like, I don't know what to say, right? Do you have any, yeah. any answer to that? Why he would talk about that? Well, I think like we just said, it was a positive time in his life. Because that's literally the only thing he could think of. It seems like he had a, a part of him that was like a child at heart. And that's why he was so good with kids. I don't know. I yeah. can't make sense of it. But I guess that makes sense. That's like the only thing he could think of. Yeah, and I've had the luxury and unfortunate to be, I wouldn't even say it's unfortunate because it's always built stories of it in which people say that I should do a stand-up comedy routine of it. Don't know if I'm going to keep doing it, but maybe I'll just write it out of this, the friends of my life where I've had some psycho friends. I've got a friend that I think might kill somebody soon. I have some psycho (laughs) friends who are Uh on the edge of reality sometimes. You know, but I don't judge. That's the thing is, I, I when you don't judge somebody yeah. truly, 
people open up completely to them, you know, to you. And mm-hmm. I just yeah. have had interactions where I had the luxury of just meeting people where people will be like, you guys, are, she's offset. One of my friends got like, you know, it's crazy enough. He it's the, according to the story is he started off trying to help this lady who was homeless and somehow, some way, because there's two different versions of the story. I'm not going to put that on your show, man. It's going to go too long. But the short version of yeah, it yeah. is he said he was helping her. There was a misunderstanding and he thinks she was on some drugs and he tried to protect her on some uh, Black Snake Moan. You know, that Samuel Jackson movie? Mm-hmm. You know, where you change yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. and you try to help them. Please do uh, yeah, right. And there's another version of the story where he's kidnapping somebody and the SWAT team got called that had to that had to take in his building and put flashbangs on him, take him down and take him to the same asylum. And like, I personally worked with this guy and I knew him for years yeah. with some interesting stuff. Yeah. I told you about him. You so, that, that, that was, that was, Oh my gosh. I guess his name. Well, was that's okay. But I'll say his name again. Yeah. But all right. It, it's, you know, I have <laughs> the personal interaction of knowing people, Talking things, saying things, and meeting them before great incidents like that happening. Talking to them while they're in the crazy house, and the reasons behind the things that they did, the way they did, why why they did the things that they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's a great segue to the next one, Jeffrey Dahmer. Man. So one one thing about Jeffrey Dahmer, I don't know if you guys knew this, but he had an IQ of one forty five. Mm-hmm. Most serial killers. Mm-hmm. Have an IQ in the eighties, maybe nineties. So he was a high IQ guy. Yeah, I remember so, in high school they were saying he just never applied himself because he was always mediocre. Huh. So he never used yeah. his. Yeah, well, he never, me. Okay, so this next story is about when Jeffrey Dahmer was in his heyday, uh, in his prime, if you want to say, of killing young gay men in Milwaukee. So my cousin's friend was gay okay mm-hmm. and they worked at the same chocolate factory uh that uh jeffrey Dahmer worked at <laughs> so uh, they were yes it's well, ambrosia chocolate factory it is still there in milwaukee it is next to the bucks uh Pfizer forum it's right in downtown milwaukee it's still there mm-hmm. um so they worked every day together side by side. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is from my cousin in Milwaukee. Okay. So like I said, his cousin's friend was gay. And one day my cousin, I'm just going to call him Bill. saw, uh, I'll call him Mark was talking to Jeffrey Dahmer and they were just talking, you know, over lunch and, you know, and I guess Jeffrey Dahmer could be a really suave guy. If you want to say that, like he, he knew how to talk. Right. So after they were talking, you know, Bill, uh, you know, asked them, uh, my cousin said, Hey, uh, you know, uh, Mark, what are you guys talking about? And everything he said, Oh, he, uh, Jeffrey asked me out for a date. He wanted me to bring him back. Uh, I want to go back to his apartment for a drink. And, (laughs) but here's the thing. He turned him down. He said, he's not my type. So he turned Jeffrey Dahmer down. Mm-hmm. But he was going to go back to Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment to have a drink. Oh. And if you remember, if you remember, Jeffrey Dahmer would bring people back to their apartment. Yeah. So we would drug them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the, the funny thing about Jeffrey Dahmer, too, because I, I asked my cousin, like, what, what was he like, Bill? And he was like, just a normal guy. Just came to work. Just did his work. Kind of, you know, would talk to people like... People who knew Jeffrey Dahmer was like, eh, just a guy, nice guy, nothing special. So here's the thing. So that night, uh, Bill and uh, Mark went out to a gay bar together. And my and my cousin was not gay, <laughs> by the way. He just, they just like, he liked gay people, whatever. It doesn't matter. He just hung out with them. They had a great time, right? So they go to the bar that's near Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment. And guess who's there? Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes. So they're sitting there and they're having a great time and everything. And my cousin is like, "Ah, man, there's something weird about Jeffrey tonight. Like there's something strange about it. Because Jeffrey was like, 
he was uh, alcoholic, by the way. And, you know, when you have a few drinks in you, you kind of get a little bit, eh, you know, a little bit, whatever you want to say, free to talk about things. And so he kept on getting on, you know, my cousin's uh, a friend, Mark, and everything like that, and, and, and saying, hey, well, come on, come back to my place. We're going to have fun. We're going to watch a movie. We're going to have a party. It's going to be great. And he kept on doing that. And, you know, and kind of looking at him, you know, my cousin Bill's kind of looking at him and saying, okay, you know, wow, he's doing a full court press on him. Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on him. So when Mark goes to the bathroom, he sees Jeffrey reach in his pocket and pour something into Bill's drink. Uh, Mark's drink, excuse me. He pours something in there. Doesn't know what it is. And he goes, okay, that's it. You know, he, he you know, it's gonna roof him. Something's going on. Why? Why? That's so when, yeah. So when Mark comes out, he's you know, uh, Bill goes, "Hey, you know, I saw him pour something in your drink. I think enough's enough. You know, let's just get out of here, man. I just it's something weird about this guy tonight." Okay, fine. So Jeffrey's like trying to get Mark to stay. And he's trying, you know, trying everything. Oh, come on, bring Bill along. You know, blah blah blah. You know, we're gonna have fun and all this stuff. Finally, my cousin Bill goes, no, forget it. We're, we're, we're leaving. And Jeffrey keeps bugging him. And Jeffrey keeps coming out and stuff. And then there's this guy that Bill sees with Jeffrey that's mm. kind of hanging on Jeffrey and stuff, which, by the way, spoiler alert, was one of his victims oh. <laughs> that night. Uh, and so... So here's what happens. So they they go to work and Jeffrey's there the next day. And I guess Jeffrey comes up to Mark and says, I apologize. You know, I was drunk, but you know what? To make it up to you, why don't you come back to my apartment tonight? I'll make it up to you. I'll make dinner for you. I feel really bad about this. And still Mark's like, no, I really appreciate Jeffrey. That's okay. Jeffrey's like, okay fine right and he kind of leaves it now flash forward <laughs> to when on the tv where you see buckets and barrels coming oh, out wow. of jeffrey Dahmer's apartment and all that stuff right my cousin bill sitting at home phone his cell phone rings he picks it up and he's like and it's bill it's uh mark and he's like Oh my God, are you seeing this? And he's just freaking out. He goes, That could have been me. I could yeah. be in that barrel. Oh that my God. Funny. You know, what, what's going on? You know? And <laughs> anyway, he just, Bill, uh, you know, is trying to calm him down. No, it's okay. It's okay. You know, maybe, maybe it's, who knows? You know, maybe it's not Jeffrey. Maybe they got it wrong. Well, then the trial starts <laughs> and the real facts get out and Jeffrey slipped basically roofy people and you know he he would make he was trying to make a sex slave mm-hmm. if you guys know and all this stuff and uh anyway mark uh yeah had some problems with it obviously went to numerous years of therapy oh, but yeah. here's the good oh. news here's the here's the good news for mark He's okay now. Mark's okay. okay. He's dealt with it. He's on to a better uh, life, and he's doing great, according to my cousin Bill. So, okay. Oh my goodness! Did that make him like not want to hang out Mars anymore? Like, you know what? What was his life after that? uh, Oh, uh, uh, Mark's life—the guy that almost got killed by Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Um, like I said, he went through years of therapy to deal with that because, you know, they kept on talking and talking about Jeffrey Dahmer. He will not, according to my cousin, <laughs> according to my cousin, uh, uh, Bill, he will not watch anything with Jeffrey Dahmer. He will not talk about Jeffrey Dahmer. He will not bring anything up, anything that he's in a bookstore. He's a book on Jeffrey Dahmer. He just, you know, anything that triggers him, anything that triggers him, he has anything to do with it. But think about it. That close. That, that close to being a victim. Well, we did. I don't know if he got the right of being a victim. No, he said he was that close to being a victim. He thinks he was. Yeah. He, he thinks he possibly could be a victim. Close. Um, one, that Jeffrey Dahmer, I, I will say this does point to his suaveness. He knew how to be 
nonchalant and cool. Man, he would be your girl. Mm-hmm. And he's, he seems like he's so cool, he's feeling guys. So that, I'm like, gosh, he has some suave old Jeffy D. But simultaneously, <laughs> that makes me feel like I'm hot if Jeffrey was trying to get at me. Like, and I was leading See, Jeffrey on. He needs to switch that around in his own mind. You led Jeffrey on. Jeffrey was trying to get yours. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't let, you didn't even want none of the Jeffrey. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could potentially, but think if you want to murder some of me. Oh, like, I'm right. on that level. Right. That's quality. That's like saying, you know, like, I wouldn't say Beyonce. Right. But, you know, like, high level. Yeah. You know, Ted Bundy. Uh, like, like, let's say for saying that, like, like, before there was uh, Thelma and the Weaves, Thelma, like, the guy that she broke up with because she was so heartbroken from being with you and didn't even want to be with her. That's a whole different story. Yeah, yeah. Not if you were the dirt down dog, but if you was the guy she wanted to be with. Yeah. And you was like, ah, I'll see you next weekend. Well, and she was like, girl, I'm going on a killing spree. I'm like, yeah, I was, Thelma wanted this. Thelma wanted all of this goodness and she killed herself <laughs> trying to get it. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Donald wanted me, and I rejected him. Get it? I was, I was put that on every one of my Facebook pages. I had flashes of my nipples out. Like, what? You want some Jeffrey Donald? You want to taste this? You want it? He didn't get to taste it. Neither were you. Oh, that is a good way of looking at it too. He was almost like build the confidence, build it up, because just to let you know, there's somebody who you even think is that fly. You would get with him. Yeah. That fly and was hitting on you. And you was like, bro, you didn't do it right. He was like, I'm going to cook you meals. I'm going to be good. He was going to be good to you. I'm like, you were cooking for me, Jeffrey. I had Jeffrey Diamond cooking for me. That's what I tell people. Like, what are you doing, girl? Jeffrey Dahmer cooked me a meal and had me coming home and was buying my movies. But what if it was the victims? Because you know he ate the victims. Well, he he didn't eat me. But you're eating the food. You eat the food. It doesn't matter, girl. I would eat his food when I'm telling you. Is that he was trying to cook for me? Focus on the moral of the story. The moral of the story is I had Jeffrey Dahmer trying to make a meal for me. He wanted some of this, yeah, and I told him no. Think about that. <laughs> Positive booty. You don't understand the story. Yeah, I, I love it. Is half full? <laughs> Fill it up. Fill it up. So I I just no, I just thought uh, that was a really interesting story. Although you spun it so much better, Buddha, than I could spin it. Yeah, I was scared that that I was going to be, uh, you know, whatever. (laughs) Sex slave. (laughs) So there you go. He would have made dinner for me. What do you think Jeffrey Dahmer would have made? Lasagna? I think he made lasagna. But I think no? he would have put some yeah. of these in. It would have been like a human lasagna. And instead of a hamburger, oh, it would have been some kind of... Dahmer is classy. He's giving you like what looks like filet mignon, but it's thigh meat. But he's giving you like a filet mignon cut. He's giving you asparagus. He's giving you seasoned mashed potatoes huh? and, and pea spread. <laughs> the plate looks beautiful. You're like, oh my god, Dahmer. Mm, mm, this is delicious. And it looks so nice. And he has his TV on a projector screen. Like, you know what? I might fuck a man tonight. Like, that's what Dahmer does. <laughs> yeah, probably. Like, it is a and, whole and, and, thing of fans. He came out there with elegance. And, and Nisha, you could show up and be like, hey, what's for dinner, Jeffrey? Who's your guest? And, yeah. you know, there you go. Right. He was giving other women tips. That's what I visualized. Jammer knew how to put that, put the butter with the seasoning, with uh, the herbs <laughs> on top and drizzle it on. He knew how to make it make it succulent. Yeah. And he would tell you those words. Like, he'd say, that, that's a sexy word. Succulent. Be like, Jeffrey, <laughs> stop talking to me like this. Now you stop it. <laughs> I'm a heterosexual male and I do not appreciate it. Ah, but you still might do because his meals are nice. It's too nice. I actually, as a heterosexual male, I just had to put his meal down. Like, this is too damn sexy. I can't do it. This is too much. You're going the right way, and I can't go this way with you. Uh, I appreciate who you are, and I understand, but I got to go out here, and I'm going to fuck the shit out of some woman. But what I'm not going to do is sit here and enjoy this too much with you. This is too hot. And then I'm going to use this stuff to get the women. Uh, I'm going to do exactly what Jeffrey did. And go get the, the heterosexual woman. Right, because Dumber had swag. Because I'm like, this this works. Like, oh my gosh, are you Mike Larry? I'm going to do all of that. 
<laughs> and you guys know, I don't know if you know this or not, but his favorite movie to watch with his victims or whatever you want to say, or his friends so um, was Empire Strikes Back. That was his favorite movie. Really? He loved Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yes. a good yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, believe his name. Wow. I didn't even know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah, that was one of his favorite movies. Star Wars, that's action and drama, and that theaters is the kind of dynamic of man. It's, it's one of those things that you could accidentally be there for two hours. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, exactly. Guy, exactly. He, exactly. <laughs> I swear, some women probably never so even there. So any other facts? <laughs> like any other facts about Jeffrey Dahmer? On every time, you just have the the, the great the care catch. You know how John uh, oh, yeah. Joe Montana throws the great catch in the corner. It's like he had that on every night. Like, oh my gosh, this is this is a great night tonight. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you're killing me. You're killing me here. I love it. I love it. Uh, so any other facts about Jeffrey Dahmer you guys want to bring up as long as we're talking about him? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's so many things. So when I was in New Orleans, I went to this um, museum. This museum. Gosh, which one was it? Because I went to two of them. But basically, you could go in there and you literally see memorabilia from, you know, his killings and stuff like that. Well, I found out that he got like a pin doll. It wasn't anything romantic. But it was an older woman, and she was a Christian woman named Barbara, who had been like writing him while he was in prison. And you know, she would even like send him money and stuff because she was like, she knew he came from a Christian background, and she wanted to convert him back into Christianity and stuff like that. And nobody knew about her. And so I asked the person that ran the museum. I said, "How come nobody ever knew about Barbara?" Because she, they was like, Barbara kept this very secret because her family was so religious that she didn't want anybody to know that she was talking to Dahmer and she would see a redemption in him. So what happened was when she passed, they found mm. all these letters in her apartment and that like her family did, and they turned it over to that museum, which was that's. Did you know uh, know about that? No, I did not know about that. That that's interesting. No. Yeah. And she really was, and you could kind of read. I mean, it's kind of faded, but I read some of it, and you know, they like literally became friends. And while he was in there, I also found out wow. huh. that the phrase. Eating ass or the groceries came from Jeffrey Dunn because he preferred the butt cheeks. Oh, yeah. That is the better part of the meat. Yeah. We can all get scientific here. I can too. Okay. It's called the disease <laughs> of the Maximus. And he ate it <laughs> with spoon and fork. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, thank everybody. Everybody that likes to get their ass ate, thank Dahmer for that. Right. If you like to get your ass up, think of Dahmer. Just go in there and. Yeah, eat the groceries. So you don't think he put like ketchup or anything on it, you know, or you know, oh, I don't know. I before, ketchup is no things. No Dumber was a classy guy. He buttered your stuff and sautéed it, you know, with with herbs. I'm talking about the fresh picked herbs that was on the hose that was on the stem and had that in the pot, the skillet, and was just you know with a spoon. He took he basted you. You came out lovely and delicious. Ooh. I'm telling you. Nice little marinade. Right? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. You sold me on this, Buddha. You totally sold me on this. Jeffrey Dahmer, come on. He was know, I want to be his victim next. He was a great date night. Like, like what? I didn't want to be killed by him. Hmm. Because uh, he wouldn't treat me right. See, that's why I'm, I don't want a one-night stand. Don't use my butt cheeks to get yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want you to suck right. my butt cheeks to somebody else. I want you to, sac- to be sacred about my cheeks uh-huh. and love mine. And 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 groom my hair, but what he did show is he's a great date night. And so I would take that, like I said, as a heterosexual male, taking your tips, going on and using that, and I'll be a great date night person too. Like the first date, I'd be just like Dahmer. Yeah. It'd be like photograph the same guy. <laughs> That's perfect. See, you should write a date advice book from the from the point of view of Dahmer, right? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do too many tips for me because he was getting it. Ah. Yeah, you're so yeah. So, guys, I could talk to you forever. You guys are cracking me up. I, I've been having so much, so much fun. Well, where's, where's but so fun? Let me ask you this. <laughs> let me ask you this. What's coming up for you guys? What, what, what's your next story? What's your next big thing? Well, 
So our next uh, big thing that we're going to do, we're actually releasing the Zarya Chamberlain case. That's coming out, I think, this Thursday. You know, the Dingo Ain't My Baby? That's coming out. Another listener request. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Jessica who gave that us was Yeah. That's coming out. And I'm also in a TV documentary, speaking of Dahmer. Um, it's called Fresh Meat Killing Dahmer. So that one was really fun to work on. Um what else is hot garbage have coming up? Yeah, oh, the book signing. Oh, uh, the book signing January 20th. Actually, that's this coming Saturday. So I don't know when this comes out. But if, if you're people that watches in the Bay Area, I would highly encourage you to come. Awesome. Uh, definitely. Definitely want to check that out. As long as Buddha's going to be there. Buddha, are you going to be there? <laughs> I have been promised and obligated to come to some of these events. I'm not going to go. Some of the some of them. So, so... Buddha, after this, I'm going to send you a book idea for Cooking with Dahmer, Date Nights with Dahmer, and then we'll talk about the handbag things. <laughs> I'm so down with it, man. Now, the ending is going to be a twist. I'm going to tell you that no matter what we wrote before. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Oh, thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome. If you want me to be on your show, I'll definitely be on your show. Yeah. And I'd definitely love to bring you guys back sometime because this has been so much fun. This yes, has been I would awesome. love to have so, so. Yeah, we'll get together with the schedule. And, you know, in the meantime, you can follow Hot Garbage and make sure you follow our Instagram, Hot Garbage Show. And uh, we're on Spotify, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. We're Hot Garbage True Crime. And we have a Patreon now. So for $5 above, it's patreon.com forward slash uh, true crime, uh, hot garbage true crime. Nice. I will put that in all the show notes and I will be putting out to highlight you guys as much as I can because you guys are awesome. And please, my spooky friends, listen to them because you're going to have a blast. I mean, it's, it's so great. Love you. <laughs> yeah. So. So before we end, I end every show this way. I say hi to your ghost. So say hi to your ghost. Hello, ghost. Because you might have a ghost. You don't know. And stay. Girls. And stay spooky. Thanks, guys. Love you. You guys take it easy. And we'll talk to you.